This church stuff is cool and all, but this is what it's about right here today. This is the key to your eternal walk with our Lord in heaven and a better life here on earth. It's our first series ever. I can, I'm almost running out of Evers. Thank you, Christine. It's our first series. It's a four-week series. If today's your first day with us, welcome. My name is Pastor Jeff Gwaltney, and if it's not your first day, welcome. It's a good day to be here. That video, some of y'all might be laughing right now, family members. That was me, uh, 2003, I don't know, back when scully caps were cool, like with the long hair. I like the scully caps, but the long hair thing, Anybody remember, like, you had the skull cap and you had the hair out the back? That was, I was in an all-black band. That was my dream, was to be an R&B singer. For real. Can't you tell? I mean, I know, you know, got the shirt and everything, but no, seriously. That was my life. And what's funny about this uh, whole message is it was supposed to happen about a month ago. But how many know God always repositions things according to their time and purpose and season they're in when it's the right time? So I, I moved the whole sermon series without knowing that we actually were crossing the country this week from Hilton Head. We took a family vacation and we just happened to be crossing through Nashville where the video was. So I had no, I had no idea that we'd be playing the video. I'd be talking about God's transformation on my life, and we happened to be right there yesterday. I had no idea. It wasn't planned, but God planned it. It wasn't planned by me, but God had a purpose to, to move it to now. How many felt the Lord in that worship? How many felt the anointing on that little girl giving her heart to God? That's the pureness of, of God right there. That's, that's the pure faith God talks about us all having, and that's what we have to have to enter the kingdom, the Bible says, pure faith. Faith without question. Loving the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul. So we're at this hotel in Green Hills, Tennessee. And I've probably talked about this before, but some of y'all haven't heard it. I used to live in Nashville years and years ago. And that was my thing. I was a starving artist, literally. I was working, you know, I, I, had, a, I had a healthy and uh, financially stable family back home. But in Nashville, I was broke. And I couldn't be taking money from my mom because I was out of college. I had a college degree, but I was still waiting tables and, you know, trying to do the music thing. And what's funny is I moved to Music City, country music capital, to be an R&B singer. That doesn't make any sense. I agree. But that's how God led me to what he did. I ended up going to school there. But the funny thing about that clip is that, that, that place was called the Courtyard Cafe. It was on... Harding Place Avenue, it was about 10 minutes outside of Music Row, downtown, outskirts of the city. But yesterday, we were in Green Hills, which is right smack there where college was. It's right where a lot of the clubs were. And there was a Starbucks that, see, see Michelle, she doesn't just do plain coffee like me. I can get coffee from anywhere. But she's got to have white chocolate mocha or that's, it's, it's over. So she went all week because we, we didn't have access to Starbucks in, in, on the trip. And so she went all week. And finally, I said, you want, why don't we go by Starbucks? And we'll get you one since we're driving back to St. Louis. And it was a Starbucks. I sang some Michael Jackson on an acoustic guitar 18 years ago. It was right there. It was right there, walking distance from the hotel. I didn't plan on staying by the Starbucks. In fact, when I was doing that gig, I hated it. 
I hated my life back then. I didn't like hate it to where I couldn't stand living, but I hated the life I was living and I was broken, literally broke and mentally and spiritually broken. You with me? But I was chasing the dream. I was grinding and I was, and God was still doing things. But the, the cool thing is I look back and I saw this clip. And I thought, man, look at the change God has done. Now I'm in a hotel with four children, a beautiful wife. It's a nice hotel. It wasn't shabby. It was brand new. Like everything was perfect. And I could tell you that when I sang in that Starbucks, I was begging God, how, God, will I ever even find a girlfriend, let alone a wife and kids? And never would I have been back there again on my own merit because I desired to be there. I was sick of that place. Never wanted to go back to that place. That was an old chapter. But see, over time, things changed. There was a transformation. And what happened was, did not, not only did God give me everything I wanted from that, but he did it his way instead of my way. And that's the blindness we all tend to carry over our eyes, especially when we're young, is we're expecting it a certain way. And if it doesn't happen, we think it's not going to happen. But God says, I got you, but you got to walk in faith. You got to sing in faith. You got to praise in faith and be pure with your intentions. And I will take you back and give you everything that your heart desires and actually use you in the process. It's okay to clap. That's a good thing. They all want to clap too. They're waiting for the first one. I'll clap. Come on, let's clap. There we go. Just kidding. I'm just messing with y'all. Though it does feel good to have claps sometimes. So this, this video, this five-second video, was not supposed to be about me or nothing like that. It's not, it's not about me. It's to show, though, that a transformation can take place. And before you realize it, 10 years are going to go by. 20 years are going to go by. And you're going to be going, where did the time go? So if you want to write it down right now, text it to yourself, plug in your head, uh, swipe something and enter it. I don't care. Just remember that now is the time to pay attention to your life. Not tomorrow. Now. It matters now. So we had that long commute back from Hilton Head. We happened to just cross through Nashville, my home away from home back in the day. And I do have many great memories there, but I don't. I don't wish to ever go back to that. It was, it was lonely, and I learned so much from it. But I wish my never kid, I hope my kids never even try to ask me because I'm just going to say, no, you're not going. But for me, it's what God needed to do. And sometimes a total transformation is what we need. It's something we need to do because we can we can look really good outwardly right we can look like hey he's got the one c shirt on he's got it together but y'all don't know that i've been eating gas station food for a week and i feel like i'm gonna throw up how many honey buns can you eat i ate two of the ice you know the fully iced honey buns they're so good not just the old school honey now they got a fully fully entrenched icing covered honey bun i ate two of them what's wrong with me and then I got a French vanilla coffee out of the dispenser to wash it down, more sugar with some sugar. What's wrong with me? Oh, it's not like me. And I was feeling it. And I was feeling it all until this weekend. I said, Michelle, we got a detox. I feel gross on the inside. See, we can be messed up on the inside, but as long as we look good to everybody else, we think we're fine. We can tell everybody we're good. We can keep telling everybody we're fine, and we can look at the part. But God cares about what's happening inwardly. Outwardly is just a result of what happens inwardly. And if you don't fix the inside, you don't fix your heart, you don't fix your mind, you don't fix your relationship with the Lord, the outside will go by the wayside either way. Even if you got some Botox, it'll eventually 
go by the wayside. It's temporary. Whatever it is your thing. Maybe it's go to the gym. I used to be obsessed with going to the gym until I realized one day, if I don't get my life right, the gym doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So I'm not knocking any of those things, but God wants you to get it right in here. The rest will manifest itself. It's so good. A total transformation. God's way. It starts with repentance. What is it? Why do we need to do it? How is it relevant to my life? Have you ever wondered what happens spiritually when we repent? How does it make God feel? How does it make you feel? I don't know. I've never done it. Today's your day to see things different. I challenge you to evaluate your current season and faithfully respond to the call to repentance as it's the initial step. Everybody say, initial step toward the life God has provisioned or supplied you to have. It's the initial step towards a new life in Jesus Christ. Faith takes action. The demons believed, but faith is belief and action. And if you don't take action, even the, even the demons that went in the swine that harassed Jesus with tem, in the, when he was tempted, they believed that he was the Christ. But following takes movement, action. You have to do something with your, well, I'm saved by grace. Yeah, yeah, your, your life is actively reflecting through faith the grace that you've been given. Well, I'm not saved by my works. No, you're saved by faith through grace. But if you're not faithful, you can throw grace in the trash, can. Or deceive yourself, possibly. If we go to Luke chapter 15, verse 1 through 10, it says, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him, Jesus, to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, well, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Ew, how dare he? So he spoke this parable to them saying, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. They didn't say anything because they're like, I want my sheep. If I lost a sheep, I'm gonna go get my sheep. They're expensive. You ever had lamb meat? It's expensive. I'm not losing my sheep. I may have 99, but I need my other sheep. I need my 100 sheep. So they had nothing to say. They knew he was right, as usual. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner. Everybody say, one. One Sinner, more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance because we're good or deceived. There's more joy in heaven. Heaven rejoices when we come to the Lord in repentance. I'm going to get to repentance in a minute. I said to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven, verse 8, 
Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the whole house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. My kids, they've got so many dolls and things, you think it wouldn't matter, but when they lose just the slightest little dollar store item, the whole house goes down the tubes until they find it. You would think they lost everything. Everything was boiled down to just a piece. Because every little piece to God has value. We talk about it in, in Unify. Every, every role serving matters. There's not like, that's not that important to do. That, that's a deception of your own mind. Every important, every role here matters. That's why we pray and we believe and we want people to do the things because they matter. It does matter, and it matters to God. And it's, it's being faithful for what you have will get you to promoting, get it to, to a promotion with the Lord, not jumping right up to the top of whatever you think the top is. Maybe the top is not where you think it should be. And maybe if you got there, you wouldn't like it. Y'all following that? Maybe it's not what you think it was, would be. It's about being faithful with what we have. But we'd all go after that sheep, is what Jesus was saying And the title today, which will make no sense to you until I explain it, is Cut Man in the Corner. Cut Man in the Corner. See, God's plan of salvation starts with a cut, a turn. If you don't have a cut, I can't help you. You got to recognize there's got to be a cut or a turning. When I repent, I turn from this and I walk towards Jesus and I no longer, I forsake that is what, what I'm doing. I have a cutting of the heart. And any, any martial arts fans? Anybody? UFC? One, two, oh, she does jujitsu. I know she's going to raise her hand. Nobody else? Come on. Come on. I know y'all just not raising your hand. Two, three, four. Okay. We got four MMA fans. And I know it's weird, preacher talking about violence, but let's look at it from a strategy standpoint. If y'all watched UFC in the past, I have a problem with it, watching it all the time is what I'm saying. Back in the day, there was a cut man. How many know what a cut man is? You know boxing? They all use a cut man. You got to have a cut man. But in the UFC, it was Stitch the cut man. Hey, Stitch, all the fighters knew Stitch the cut man. Because the fighters knew if they were in trouble, Stitch would be in their corner. And we want Stitch because he knows how to mend the cuts the best. If a fighter goes back to his corner and he don't have a cut man, but he has a cut, guess what? He's in trouble. He's in trouble. The cut man is what makes him ready to go, makes him like new again. Those guys are like magical. You ever seen the guy go back and he's all messed up and then they come out and he's like, he's like ready for a Sears photo. Like he's all good again. What did they do? Who knew Vaseline could be so shiny and magical? But the cut man can't do his job unless you have a cut. You with me? You got to have a cut if you want the cut man to fix your cut. And if you don't have any cuts, or you don't think you do, cut man can't fix it. So I thought, huh, how many times do we get backed up in a corner and we don't even notice that we need a cut man? Hmm. Because we feel fine. I call it the no thank you mentality. I'm good. I'm a good person. I love people. I'm a good person. Yay. I run through fields of daisies with little rabbits bouncing everywhere. Life's so good. But 
do you have a relationship with Jesus? Well, no, but I'm good. I'm a good person. I love that. I'm glad that you're a good person. But the Bible says we are born into the curse of sin. We're born into it. And we don't believe babies go to hell and all that stuff. We don't believe that. We believe, though, as, as, as an adult becomes accountable for their actions, then they are under the curse of sin just like everybody else. And unless they come to the Lord and form a new covenant with the Lord, we're born into sin. Does that make sense? That's why once they're old enough, we baptize. He who believes shall be baptized, Philip told the eunuch. That's why we do it that way. That's the, that's the way the scripture do it. And we're going to get into that next week. But today we're just talking about the first step, the turn, the cut of the heart towards repentance. Because if that happens, none of the rest matters. It has to happen here first. And we have this, I mean, we live in a nice, we live in a nice area, guys. It's awesome. We got, a, we got a great town here at Lake St. Louis. I love it. But it's comfortable. I'm that way too. It's easy to just remember how good life is. It's so good. And so we become like complacent, confident in ourselves. I do it. I'm a good person. I'm fine the way I am. But don't disturb me with stuff that really matters. Like my daughter. She's nine. This morning, I go up because Kaylee, my youngest, happened to wake up while I was leaving for church. Normally, they're all still sleeping or doing something. And Kaylee, I said, Kaylee, come give daddy a hug. Bye-bye. She just looks at me. She's half asleep. She gives the death stare, man. It's like, are you, are you awake? Can you give me a hug? She does this thing, like, she barely says no, just like barely moves her head. She's saying, no, I don't want to hug you. So I come up and I hug her anyway. And I happen to notice on Chloe, my oldest daughter's door, it says, do not disturb. <laughs> she had a hanger on her door, do not disturb. I'm like, what's that about? What's she got to do that's so important? Do not disturb me. I'm busy. Don't tell me about that. I'm busy. I'll come to you when I want to know more, which may be never, because I'm so good right now. I'm so comfortable. I got my QR code from Starbucks. I can just scan my phone, walk in there, give me my drink. I'm good. I don't need anything. I'm good. Thank you. Do not disturb. It's a no thank you mentality. And it's not intentional. It's just because it's cause we're comfortable. You know, it's easy, to, it's easy to do. And most people sadly think it's all about being a good person. But it's, it's more than that. This is more than about being a good person. This is about getting into the kingdom with the Lord first and foremost, and then improving our life here on earth and then giving that same love we've been given to others. It's all those things. It matters. And if I'm not willing to acknowledge that maybe I have a cut or some bruises to fix, I'll never ask for forgiveness. I'll never feel the need to repent if I feel like there's nothing wrong. Remember it says, greater will they rejoice for one sinner who repents than the 99 who says, there's nothing wrong. I don't need to do anything. Thank you. See you next time. One matters. One matters. And until I recognize that I am a sinner, I'll never seek forgiveness. We all are. It's a hard thing to say out loud. But it's okay. Because Jesus made a way to fix it. Just as heaven rejoices upon repentance, it hurts God. God has emotions, you know. You know, any emotion we have came from God to begin with. We were made in his image. So we think God is this being that has no, no connection to us. But that's why Jesus was tempted and tried like us and hung on a cross because he took on every feeling or emotion that we could ever feel. And had he not, we could say he doesn't relate to us. But he does relate to us and so much more. And it hurts him 
when we deny him. It hurts me when my kids make me feel like they don't need me. When, when, when my daughter just rather play her tablet than give daddy a hug. And I know she's only three. I just cry for five or ten minutes in the closet and I go on my merry way. But it hurts the Lord just like it hurts any mom and dad out here who knows what it's like to have a child who won't pay attention. God's love is so deep. He will stray the flock to find one lost sheep. He loves us that much. And God's plan of salvation starts with a cut of the heart, a turning of the heart. I am now turning from that. Well, I don't want to give that up, and I don't want to give that up, and I got to give... Don't worry, you don't have to give nothing up. You know what happens? You just don't want to do the same stuff anymore. When God cuts your heart, you quit wanting to do the same things. Your, your mindset changes. Now to go sing in a Starbucks? Ugh! Who would ever? No thanks. See, something happened. A change happened here. It changes your outlook, and it changes your perspective on, on your life and what God can do. It has to happen in here, though, and be sincere. It takes a turn to receive what God has for us. And God wants to bless all of us, but we have to join him hand in hand. And when the word of God plants in your garden, one seed at a time, maybe it's one mustard seed, you'll start to feel something rooting this is different. I never felt that before. I thought they just wanted my money. They like care about me. What's wrong with them? God cares about you. We care about you too. But God cares about you. That's the presence of God. That's the difference you feel. You feel the presence of the Lord. That is the difference. Because God's presence cannot be imitated. It's see-through when it's a copy. He loves you that much. And to fix a cut, you have to notice that there is one first. And it starts with that turn. And once you know that you have a cut and you need a cut, man, you're ready to start your journey. Who wants to start their journey? Come on. Some of you are on the journey. Some of you may have never started the journey. Some of you may not, notice, not have known that you weren't as far on the journey but let the word be your guide. Let the word be your guide. And here at 1C Church, all we will ever do is give you scripture. It's not me. I'm just the messenger. And we want you to start your journey today if it's the beginning. And if you're on the journey, keep stepping. And guess what? Paul says, I die daily. You're going to slip sometimes even if you've come to the Lord. It's okay to repent again. It's okay to ask for forgiveness again. But when we get into the rest, when we get into remission of sin through the immersion of, of baptism and, and the washing of the cleansing of the word and the infilling of the spirit and all these other things, it will start to make more sense. But you can still ask for forgiveness because everybody's going to fall short of the glory of God. Even when they're saved and in the heavens forever, they're still on this earth. They're going to slip sometimes. It's okay to repent again if you need to. Heck, I repent like every day. I did that again. Do it again. Do it again, just like the song. Sometimes you got to do it again. Start your journey. And I need a cut in order for the cut man to do his work. If I don't have a cut, the cut man can't do anything to me. He can't help me. Sorry. I get paid to fix cuts. And if you don't have one, next fighter, please. Round two. Fight. A cut to my heart will give God my attention to start mending What's so cool about the way God works, it's not abrupt, it's gentle. Anybody ever had stitches 
Everybody's had stitches, right? If there's a Gwaltney in here, I know there's been stitches. Stitching, when you go in the ER to get some stitches, they don't just, okay, get on over here, get out of butcher, and I don't, flink, 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 flink. No, they, they, okay, we're going to numb you up. Ow, pinch. Numb your finger. The finger swells up. They start, they mend. They're mending. They're mending so slowly, you didn't even know they're doing something. It also helps that they numbed your finger. But they don't even know that God's doing something. God is mending something. I didn't even know it was broken. Until I said, I think I might be broken, God. Go ahead and start mending it. If I don't notice, I'm okay with that. And all of a sudden, five years go by. I don't have any cuts. God healed my cuts. He mended me. He mended me so smooth. He is so smooth. He's smooth like ice. He mends. I like the, uh, Chloe's into finger knitting. And my mom, she does the crochet or whatever. I can't keep the, all the, there's different techniques. And if you say the wrong technique with the wrong word, somebody slap you. I just learned that. But there's knitting. Knitting is gentle. My buddy John, he was in the army. And he said on airplane rides, I was kind of not, I was kind of teasing about my son liking knitting. I'm like, yeah, he likes to knit the birthday party. Like it wasn't manly enough. He goes, I used to knit eight hours on an airplane because there's nothing else to do flying over the ocean, going to war. I said, that's awesome. It was so smooth. He would knit to ease his mind. And so that stuck with me. And that's what God does. He, he mends the stitches like the, a good cut man, a good person. You ever go to um, LabCorp? A good person at LabCorp, you don't feel them stab you in the arm with the needle and get a big old bruise. It's like you didn't even notice. It's someone who's obviously, you know, uh, an intern, and that you, you come home and you got the big old bruise on your arm. It's because they're, they're too rough. But God's not like that. He knows how to mend smoothly and make it to where you, you don't even notice if you just trust him. He'll mend every cut. He'll touch every cut. It's not aggressive. It's gentle. And a transformation starts unfolding. You're transforming and you don't even know it. And sometimes we have to get all the way backed up into that corner and there's nowhere else to go. I need a cut man. Where's my cut man? I can't keep going without my cut man. I can't keep doing this without my cut man. I need a cut. Where is Stitch when I need a cut? I need you Stitch right now. I need you Jesus to fix my cut because I got nowhere else to go. We got to be pushed in the corner. It's in these moments I realize I'm not fine like I thought. I can't do it alone. I'm sorry, God, for what I've done. Let me humbly ask for forgiveness of my sins, Lord. The sins I know about, the sins I don't know about, and there's going to be plenty more I don't even know about, but you know, Lord, and I, I want to give you my best, God. I want to I give you my best. I'm sorry, God. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my strength. Lead me and I will follow you, Jesus. The lost sheep can't be spared if it's not willing to get up on the shoulders of the shepherd. If the shepherd comes looking for the lost sheep and the sheep's like, well, I don't really want to go. Got to get up on the... It said the sheep was on his shoulders and he was rejoicing because he was carrying him. He carried the sheep back. He didn't walk him. Isn't that interesting? The sheep could walk. God carries you. He carries you. He doesn't walk you on a leash. He doesn't give you a smack and tell you hurry up like he's driving a, a horse or some ox. He says, Let me carry you. 
back to your family. God's plan of salvation starts with a cut. Round after round. Year after year. Boom. Keep doing this my way. I got so many bruises and bumps like my son Colton. I don't even notice my legs are all banged up because they're all covered in bruises. I got used to it. But you're cut, bro. You're bruised. You're banged up. Some will follow you and some won't. But this is about your new life in Christ today. If we don't get our life right, we can't continue to plant in others. This is about you today. You always hear me say, it's not about us, it's not about us. It's not ultimately about us, but we have to get our life right with God before we can give the word to somebody else and let them feel that light shining through. We want to give God our best. And in due time, those who won't follow you now will follow you later as God will use you to reach them. Yeah, even them, the ones who said you're crazy, the one who made fun of you, the one who, who cursed you, the one who ridiculed you, the one who said, you know, all these nasty things to you and you thought God could never save them, save them, and then God says, well, I saved you. I'll save you. I can save them. I can do it. God can do it. And heaven awaits. Heaven awaits your call to repentance. They're waiting to rejoice in heavens for one sheep who will come to repentance in the name of the Lord. Christ is your cut man. Everybody say it. Christ is my cut man. Come on, help me out. Christ is my cut man. He fixes my cuts. He wants to make me new. The plan of salvation is God's fervent desire that we all surrender fully. God wants to root something new in you, and it starts with the cut. The presence of God is among you today in this house. Your decisions today will affect your children tomorrow. We can't control everything, but raise a child up in the way they should go. I was just having, I was just having, I can't say all this. I was having a talk with someone yesterday. I said, look at, they're complaining, but look what they're showing them. Like, it was, it was distant family. They were raising the child to look exactly like they should go. The thing they complained about. What we do today will affect our children tomorrow. We have to take steps and be an example. God desires that we be a conduit and usher in his people to his kingdom by being a conduit, conduit of the spirit. You want more peace? Join the flock. You want joy? Join the flock. My relationship with Jesus is an active one and I want transformation in my life and God wants to give you transformation. There's nothing you have to do to earn transformation in your life except follow faithfully. God will do the rest. One plants, one waters, God gives the increase. Christ can't heal, though, without a cut. You have to turn from your ways and start walking in the newness of life. If y'all can stand with me this morning, this is a little bit different service than we normally have.
We're going to close. These four weeks are foundational. These four weeks are what we believe as a church. We want to reveal the scriptures. We don't want to modify them. We want to reveal them. And in a dark world, we believe it's critical under an oath given to our Lord that we give you the scripture and not sugarcoat. It matters. Some of y'all received the seed already in you. You've got, you've got the word of God pregnant in you. And you feel something's rooting in you. You can feel the presence of God in many different situations. But don't conclude your journey by a feeling. Just because you felt God doesn't mean God's done with you. Because feelings come and go. And guess what? You can be the most spiritual person on earth. And some days you're just not going to feel God. You're going to be feeling like he's not there. But he still is. Don't go by your feelings. Go by his faithfulness. His promise to never leave the one sheep. Go by that. When you think he's left you, remember the story of the sheep, the parable of the sheep. He said he would never leave you. And when he finds you, heaven's going to rejoice. Follow suit. Not according to what I say. Not according to what Google says. Follow suit according to what the scripture has spoken. And never stray from it. If you have never repented, I beseech or request you to find a place today. This is a little different. And I know it's small and it's awkward, but nobody's looking at you. And if you feel like today is your day that you want to turn and get cut in the heart, you can find any place you want in this house. You can place your knees anywhere. You can stand where you're at. You can, you can pray at this altar. You can ask God to forgive you and say, I'm ready, God, to start my journey. If we can get some prayer partners, you know who you are. If we could get Nathan, Vincent, some prayer partners up here, Dan, Sean, if y'all could help me out. If anybody wants to come to this altar and be prayed with, they're going to be here ready to pray with you. And if you want to pray where you're at, that's okay. And guess what? We're going to sing some songs and we're going to close our eyes. And if, if, if you just want to sing, that's totally fine. This is not a pressure tactic. This is to give an opportunity to come to the altar and to give your chance. This is a chance to do it as a, as a family to ask God to forgive you and start your journey today. We're just offering this place up right now to anybody who wants to come to repentance right now. Next week, we're going to talk about baptism. Then we're going to talk about the infilling of the Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is and how the, how the Scripture uses it and that term so we understand. But right now, it's about the initial step of repentance. And if you have a need, if everybody could just bow their heads right now. Everybody bow their heads. Every, every eyes closed, every head bowed. If you have a need, no one's looking. But I challenge you right now, if you've never repented, and you feel the need that God is ready to start your journey, just lift your hand. No one's looking. Anybody. Anybody. If you have a need, it's okay. It's okay. Thank you. It's okay. No one's looking. God's looking. God wants to see his sheep out from the flock so he can come find you. So from here on out, we're going to worship. 
And anybody wants to come to this altar, you can come to any prayer partner here. You can pray by yourself if you don't need encouragement. They're just here to encourage you. But we're going to ask God for forgiveness from our sins. If we're already on our journey, we're going to ask God to keep us on the straight path. And we're going to continue working down this path of transformation. And if the house of God could say in Jesus' name, amen.